Hi, Allison. Hey, Matt. <laughs> How's it going? Is this the second episode of ADHD 20, a podcast about ADHD and Dungeons and Dragons? Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> I think it is. I think it is. How has your week been? Good. It's for me the last week before I take a little vacay, mm-hmm. which means that there's lots to do and not, you know, more time to do it in. So focus has been at a premium. It's but we've gotten through it together. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. It is times like those where I feel like either the hyper focus happens more or it fails you. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't. I think this could be an interesting segue into the thing about talking about today, but I have dipped my feet into TikTok. This is news. I mean, honestly, it's via YouTube. Actually, it's okay. the shorts. I, I rarely open up the TikTok app. And why is that? Well, there is a part of me that ever since I was little, I don't like things that are cool or popular. That's why TikTok has been a slow burn for me, but I have been watching specifically hashtag ADHD TikToks. The ADHD TikTok content is chef's kiss. It is. 100 underline underline. So good. It's really helpful. It's really helpful. And there's this one, she's a doctor and can't remember her name. One of the things was like waiting for hyperfocus to kick in. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, that's so true. Because I will go through an entire day, an entire morning and go, oh, I can't do anything. Oh, I'm just lost. I'm just, and then like one at one or two o'clock comes around poof, and I don't stop until seven. The joyful thing sometimes. It, it It's also a concerning thing. But it, in her TikTok, she was saying it was a joyful thing. And I, I saw that. Yeah. I'm going to have to compare lists with you. Interestingly yes. enough, it was so I was uh, another app you don't love to hop onto if you don't have to. I was scrolling through Facebook this morning. Mm-hmm. I like to look at my memories and just see where I was at a year, two years, 10 years ago. It was one year ago today that I wrote a love letter to TikTok via Facebook. Wow. To basically announce publicly, I'm all in on this app. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, so you interesting know, that you bring this up today. Well, okay. I, we don't need to go down a huge rabbit hole. Uh, but my, my problem still with TikTok is that I don't like or I don't, understand the point of the whole here is someone else's song and I'm going to lip sync to it and it's going to mean something else it just it doesn't feel like anything to me you know you're a great dancer or you're pretty or you're funny or whatever but I don't I I don't get it though I, I I love the ones where it's like hey here's a little here's a little tip take a bucket or a basket and go through your entire house and put everything that's out on the table and on the couches and all the clothes and just dump them in this basket. And then Mm -hmm. the basket gets full, and then you put those things away. That's an amazing ADHD tip. Yep. And it works for me. And I don't know who she is. She's somebody's mom. She doesn't sing along, and she doesn't dance. I mean, it's like, it's just, that's the kind of stuff. I'm like, okay, 
Okay, I get She's that. She's the one. If we're talking about the same one, she is amazing. I she has been a huge part of of my TikTok journey and ADHD coaching. And one of the other things that she has me kind of turned on to is the nightly reset is kind of her big thing, mm. where it's not about getting it you know right for other people. It's about making life easier for you tomorrow. And mm. she sets a timer. You get like she gets you know twenty minutes to you know air quote reset the kitchen. And she has, you know, the steps she goes through that are the same every night. So she doesn't have to sit there in analysis paralysis of like, what do I do? What do I do? Do I do the counters? Do I do the dishes? You know, it's just like, these are the steps that you take every single night as a gift to tomorrow you. And I love that because like, I can empathize with that, right? I can picture tomorrow Allison and be like, what's just like one tiny but heavy rock I can take out of tomorrow's backpack for her. (laughs) And, you know, so the nightly reset, but she's just a mom. You know, it, she's also, I think, some kind of doctor or life coach, again, if it's this, if we're talking about the same person. Yeah. But she's just very plain Jane. She's not there. Yeah. Let me please backtrack and say <laughs> there is no such thing in my own mind as just a mom. <laughs> I don't, true, true, true. I'm not trying to be cool by saying that. I truly no, think no. that a mom is a mom. There's no just. And there's you... no just there. Yes. But she <laughs> yeah. meant she's not there to, you know, be Beyonce right. and wear like sparkles and do choreography. Like Eat. she's someone, you know, that, that we can all see ourselves in. Her at is Domestic Blisters. Her name's Casey, oh. da- like letter K, letter C, Davis. That, that sounds right. How to Keep House While Drowning is oh. the name <laughs> of one of her books. And I, I love it because she's real. I mean, that's the thing about like normalization of all of these things. And I know we're supposed to hate the word normal too, but wow. like, you know, knowing that there's other people like in the deep and swirling waters with you sometimes is better than finding an air quote fix. Yeah. You know, like I, I got buddies who understand where I'm coming from. So yeah, so she's one of my favorite ones. There is another... I, th- I don't know if, again, she's like a life coach or doctor who just like normalizes everything about ADHD in her posts. And it always just makes me, you know, have those like, I feel seen. We don't have to have this conversation right now, but I am deeply fascinated what the algorithm thinks of you because one of my favorite parts of TikTok is what the algorithm thinks about me. <laughs> some okay. Very like on the nose ways and some very like, that's interesting. That's the vibe that I gave you algorithms. Hey. But yeah. Again, if if you're, you know, trying to make people feel seen, heard, felt, it does a great job of that, which is why I think I gravitated towards it. Yeah. Whereas like Facebook has just kind of become everybody's sounding board to, you know, post their highlight reels. Mm-hmm. But TikTok became this place that suddenly we could find our way to the places we ultimately want to be. Oh, I like that. Poetic. Wow. Dang, girl. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, We should start an ADHD TikTok. Well, it's funny because when we were posting on our socials last week, shameless plug to get YouTube followers for Bivens Brothers Creative, Mm -hmm. one of our friends, Megan, asked us, are you guys going to start TikToking? And I gave a swift no. But now that we're having this conversation, was I wrong? Megan, do I need to come back on that? One thing at a time. Yes, that's, one thing that's, at a time. Sweet that's, that's, Jesus. That's our downfall is that we try and to use a phrase that one of my former bosses used, boil the ocean. I think I may have said that last session too, where you just try and do everything all at once. It's like life is one big shotgun oh. start. And we're all just running all over the place. But Ooh. like, I'd rather be good at YouTube and then be good at Twitter. And like, then I'll get good at TikTok. Um, sure. Which is not my natural inclination. My natural inclination is like, what do we want? All the things. 
When do we want it? Right now. Right now. I know. And I, I know that we had a list, an outline to talk about today, but, you know, there's one thing that is interesting to me about TikTok. It is interesting to me that someone can get millions and millions of followers, and I could say Instagram and, and YouTube as well, and and therefore fans, right? But the cycle seems, of course, to be faster and faster. And in some ways, I feel like that is an okay thing because, you know, we have talked in the past about fandom and how I was a kid that never liked anything that was cool. And then, you know, then there was a name to, to call me, which was Hipster, years and years <laughs> later. I'm, I really am. I really am. You really are. You really, a, really are. That's, it's funny because I used to get so offended when our old partner, Randy, would call me a hipster. I was so offended. But it's true. I've been a hipster since I was a kid, though. I hated anything that was cool. Actively tried not to like things that were cool. It's terrible. I mean, I deserved being beaten up. <laughs> I needed to be punished for that. I really did. I don't agree, but... Well, <laughs> I, I took it too far. I mean, I looked down on things that were cool. I definitely don't do that as much anymore. But... There's certain things like I do like to be first finding something. And if I'm not first, then I like to, quote unquote, discover it like a year or two after it should be. But the flip side of that for me is I never, ever turn on someone. It's not that I remain loyal to the same degree that I may. Like, let's take you 2 right? Let's take you 2 Loved you 2 Loved certain albums of U2. They became a painful joke for a while, especially with the whole, we're going to automatically add our album to you. To your iPhone. That was intense. <laughs> that was just a bad idea. I think that was a mistake. So, so they got trashed and people make fun of Bono. And I don't, I can't, I won't do that because I don't like, I mean, maybe it's because I've experienced a fan's Inevitable. I mean, seriously, inevitable, without fail, turning on you. It just happens, period. So I just don't want to. I don't ever want to be caught doing that. Maybe inside I'm like, man, that album, I don't like it. I wish I, I wish it was different. And I may say some disparaging things privately. I may vent, but I'll never jump on a bandwagon of hate. I will never. say that, and maybe this is your fault. I have started to view artists as people too, mm-hmm. instead of like, here for my pleasure. Uh-huh. And so, like, case in point, Casey Musgraves, one of my very favorite artists. Golden Hour is one of the very few albums that I can listen to start to finish without skipping, never get tired of. Like, I I tend to pick and choose three, maybe four favorite songs from an album, and that's it. I don't need the rest of the album. Mm -hmm. Golden Hour, just the epitome of a perfect record for me. Right. Hate, hate her last album. But she wrote it in the depths of despair coming out of a really painful divorce. Right. So now I'm like, it's not my cup of tea, but you needed to write that album. Yes. Good on you. Like, I applaud you. I support you. I bought it. You know, I went to go see her knowing she would play a lot from that album. Uh-huh. And she actually kind of joked at the show. She was like, damn, that album needed to come with a warning label. I'm really sorry, <laughs> you guys. Like, so she gets it. But like, I don't know that that's something that like pre being your friend, I would have, you know, remembered that there's a person on the other side of that. I would have just been like, oh, how dare she write mm-hmm. a depressing ass. Yeah album. Well, I'm proud of you for that. 
I think it it is not a lesson that most people have the opportunity to learn. I, I won't even say that it's an important one, right? I'll I, say it's an important one. I, I wish I'd gotten there sooner. Yeah. You know, in, in the same way that I don't disparage people for not knowing how to talk to my wife immediately, I get it. You know, there is ableism everywhere. I get it. It was really hard the first time to work really hard on an artistic thing and have the support of hundreds and hundreds of people and then one asshole well see that's the frustrating thing because it's not actually one asshole it's actually the original most passionate asshole Mm -hmm. they're the ones that cut the deepest they -hmm. cut the deepest and i think it's a self-preservation sort of thing I think you can call it hipster, you can call it, you know, any number of things, but I really, I think there are fans that are, okay, I'm not going to use obsessive in a derogatory <laughs> sense, but I think there are fans who are all in all the time, and they count themselves as fans, they talk about it, they live, they want to know everything. And then there's people like me, and I just, I'm not a fan-based person. I have little crushes, they're fleeting, I love things and I'm very loyal to bands but I don't have posters of Radiohead I don't own every album necessarily I don't listen to them all the time I just wasn't a poster on the wall kind of kid and I I, I don't knock that at all but it's the people that are like that that fall the hardest that fall out of love the yeah. hardest and and yes. they have to protect themselves because they realize maybe they're embarrassed even though they should not be so what they do yeah. In order to, you know, protect themselves is to attack. That's a human natural thing. But, you know, being a fan of something and the tenuous relationship that can be, you know, how hard I can imagine for TikTokers. Like it's you're just like. Is it a constant stress and, and worry? You know I, what mean, I mean, think about the difference in the like the life cycle of the content when you were a musician or an actor. You had, you know, weeks, if not months to yes. produce that. And whereas now content creators like they got to get it out the same day. If you're not posting at the specific times, multiple times a day, interacting, building, you know, just like constantly, you know, casting that net. Yeah, you're screwed. I, and I would think that would be, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, now that I'm ta- like talking it out, is that better or worse for people with ADHD? Because you always know there's another chance. It's like waves, man. Like you, there's going to be another one you can ride if you miss this one. Interesting. Uh, but the other interesting aspect of that in particular is, for me, is that everything was what they call waterfall back then, too. Pre-hardcore internet was... Fans and there wasn't a daily sharing of new songs or new albums mm-hmm. or new demos or new anything. So I also understand the potential level of disappointment when your favorite band goes into a studio and comes out with something and you're like, what is that? What mm-hmm. what just happened? Because mm-hmm. the last time I saw or heard you, you sounded like this and now you sound like that, right? I wonder how much that happens now. Don't you need TikTok to be able to share your demo as you're working on it. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Fans expect more now. They expect to be able to buy in and be, you know, to comment and and voice their, you know, pleasure or disdain as part of the process. Yeah. 
Yeah. We're talking about how you are a fan-based person, mm-hmm. and I'm not inherently. And I think both of them are 100% valid. Uh, but the thing is that I'm not until I am. Right, 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 right. You just you have the ability to take it much farther than I. Too far. I don't know. I <laughs> we mean, we can say it. <laughs> you can say it. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Smart man. But I, exactly. So that is really interesting to me, and I can apply this to D and D as well. But I think it's interesting because in this podcast we want to talk about the different strains of ADHD, and in my mind, being more of the inattentive type, it would make sense that I could love Radiohead and have, you know, a decent period of really listening to that album and only that album, maybe, whichever, whatever the newest one is. But also, I can walk away. I don't like to turn on any band because I've experienced it, because I understand it. But maybe... Maybe it's also I can do that because it doesn't hurt as much, right? It doesn't like the the changes I don't feel as much because I don't enter that level of fandom that you do. And that's fair, too. You count on a certain emotion, a certain sound, a certain feeling that your favorite band gives you, and then it changes maybe. And then you're like, oh, dang, that's not what I want. Mm -hmm. And that's got to be really hard. Like... For example, I will be interested to know what happens when D&D 6E mm-hmm. comes out. It will eventually in our lifetime. No one knows when or what it's going to be or whether it's going to be a major change from 5E. But 4E, 4th edition, was very different. So completely different that <laughs> there are people who spun off and took... 3.5 edition and created this thing called Pathfinder, right? <laughs> Pathfinder is basically a branch of a fork of 3 or 3.5 edition because they did not want 4th edition. They didn't want to go to 4. They did not want to go 4th. <laughs> I reject Inspiration. that level Inspir- they, Yeah. So, you know, as a fan of this game, I was invited to play 4th edition with some friends. I guess it was 10, 11, 12 some years ago. <laughs> And I didn't like it at all. It certainly wasn't the people I was playing with. They were very nice. It was not what I remembered. It wasn't easy. It wasn't fun. It was so many charts and graphs and things. But I didn't like, I didn't like, oh, this game sucks. I'm not, I'm never going to play it again. I was a fan. It was a major part of my life. But it just didn't fit at that time. It was which U2 album? The one after Zeropa. <laughs> it was okay. But... <laughs> I wanted another Sunday Bloody Sunday or something, and I didn't or, get it. Or it's what a lot of us are experiencing with with Critical Role. You know, y'all tried to get me to watch it for a really long time. I I declined because I was overwhelmed because it's you know each season is more than a hundred episodes. Each episode is four hours long. Yes. And that was you know nope. And it wasn't until last summer they came out with a little eight session miniseries called Exandria Unlimited for those of you who aren't fans that I was like okay that's digestible I can do that I can get through eight episodes well now I'm all in on the second campaign which is I think 141 episodes I have 10 left to go Matt (gasps) wild what I know it's bananas like but I've been back to the compulsion part of me I have been watching it and only it since Mm -hmm. last July like 
I, I, every time you and Evan bring up something, you know, whatever new movie or show you're watching, I say, nope, because I'm all in on this. I have to be. But, you know, wow. I'm having feelings as a fan towards their third season. And then this again goes also back into what we were saying is now I can see these are people they have feelings and families and it's not my right nor my job to tear them down for what they're doing. I'm wildly jealous that they get to do it in the first place, yes. but you know, I'm having a hard time sinking my teeth into the season and I'm watching out of a sense of duty and not out of a sense of love. But mm. I like, I'm giving it that chance because I know how wildly talented these people are and where they can take, you know, a simple thread and turn that into a whole world. But yeah, it's it's kind of like that 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 fickle fan base thing of like I I don't feel like being all in on this just yet, and I might slow my roll, pun intended. Right. <laughs> well, and that is your right and your duty as a fan too. And it's funny because I also finally was able to start watching the show with Alexandria because it was just I I knew there was going to be an end. <laughs> yeah. And so that really helped my mind, and I have been. You know, I've been trying to keep up with the third edition, but it's hard for me to even do that. It's hard for me to sit through four hours of anything. And and yet my respect and understanding of everyone mm-hmm. has only shot through the roof. Like, yep. and I don't even know. I can't. I mean, you, Fitz, Evan, you can speak with conviction about <laughs> the milieu, the world that those actors have built. I won't, you know, be able to experience it the way that you will. Because I don't know whether I have the capacity to get down and dirty in it. Because you go that far. And there's got to be something about that. Like, I am super envious of your ability to not get sidetracked by, ooh, there's a new toy or there's a new app or there's a new thing this is an amazing thing that i'm very envious of in you you can sit down and make that your thing and i, I want to hear more about it because i'm, I'm stunned I'm like what is that like what, what is it like to not always want something new all the time and like ah, you know what is that like yeah I, well, and I mean, yeah, it, it's definitely for all the ways that we're the same. That's one big way that we're very different that, yeah. you know, you definitely have the slightly more, we'll call it distracted, the, the shiny, you know, disease too. But yeah, like you're the one who's always on top of the new tech, always on top of the new shows, you know, things are coming, which is an interesting juxtaposition from what we were talking about at how like you don't like <laughs> the things that are cool and popular, except for the things that you do, right? Like you're always going to be on top <laughs> of the newest Apple technology. You're always going to be aware of what's coming down the pipeline in MCU. You're always, you know, going to, you know, be yeah. the one that knows what's streaming long before it starts streaming and things like that. So you are cool in some ways, but I guess I, I don't know how to answer what that's like, because I guess I don't know any other way to be, but I will say this, it takes a lot for me to get to that level. And that's how I am on every single thing is that I'm not tepid. I'm not like in the lukewarm about anything. Mm-hmm. I either hate it or I love it. I am mm. one extreme or another. I'm either like very loud and very animated and must be the center of attention in that moment or I want nothing to do with people. I want to go sit on the couch and talk to my cats. You know, I either want nothing to do with Critical Role or it is the only thing I watch for a year of my life. Mm. <laughs> 
wow. <laughs> you know, like yeah. that's insane. There are a lot of people talk about like, I guess, um, I never know if they're symptoms, side effects or just, you know, leading causes or what, but you know, they say people with ADHD, tend to like to watch the same things over and over again because they're comforted by it. They don't like new things. Right. And that's very true for me. There are a handful of movies that I can always watch. And especially hmm. if I'm in any kind of like mentally down place, I'm absolutely going to reach for a comfort item. I'm going to watch a movie I've seen 47 times. I'm going wow. to reread the Harry Potter series. I'm yeah. absolutely not going to reach for something new, especially in any kind of like mentally fragile state. But I, I'm wondering if the same is true for the bands that I have been a, a total fangirl of the, you know, now critical role, because even though like the episodes are new or the concerts are new or, you know, whatever it is new, I'm still comforted by that. Like, I know these people like this is a safe space, especially if we look at the difference between my impulsivity and your inattentiveness. You know, we talked about the impulsive ones are, you know, like the what you think of the stereotypical, like eight year old boys who can't sit still. Right. And so I and there's something to be said about like a physical comfort, you know, something to draw their energy into a, a blanket to put over their shoulders. So I have to wonder if maybe that's why I tend to gravitate towards that level of fandom and things, because <sighs> it's a weighted blanket for my soul. Maybe. Wow, but I'm like that in all aspect. I don't like new things. I don't like to be bad at things. I think that's why I'm missing that comfort item. So I yep. like to do what I'm really good at. I don't make new friends and people are always shocked to hear that about me. Mm -hmm. They like, Oh my God, Allison, are you kidding me? You could talk to a wall. Well, first of all, don't mistake talent with love. Just because you're good <laughs> at something does not mean you enjoy it. Right. Second of all, watch me. I do not go up to new people. I do not go introduce myself. Mm. If I see you in a room and I recognize you as a familiar face, I am making a beeline for you. But if I don't know you, I am absolutely not going to go. The only way that I know anybody that I'm friends with is either we were all shoved into a new situation together and clung to each other or somebody introduced me to you. Those are the two ways that you know me. I guarantee you. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean... Yeah, man, I mean, we're really I'm like on the couch today. This is great. No, <laughs> I mean, this is the kind of stuff that I'm just utterly fascinated by. I think that this disorder or disability or whatever you want to think that it is, it's just so broad. And that's why doctors are taking bigger, broader looks at it. Like, that's why it used to be ADD and then it became ADHD because mm -hmm. they were like, oh, well, there's this and this part of it that isn't represented. And now they're like, it may be a part of autism, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. I mean, that would explain such vast differences, but things that you can kind of hold on to as far as this disability goes. Like, yeah. I, I just, I love it. It's fascinating to me. I really hope that in my lifetime, they come up with a better name for it. I don't know what it will be. Executive function disorder. I don't, I don't know yeah. what it will be. Anyway, I like being on the couch about it. Yeah, same. I'm going to ask whether my coach knows a percentage of women with the more impulsive type, because I'm curious. I'm a special unicorn, Matt. Don't yep, take that away from true. me. That's true. It's just you. It's You're the only one <laughs> in history. That's why this <laughs> podcast is going places. 
<laughs> found her. The diamond in the rough. Well, and you're not like the jittering, bouncing off the wall guy. So no. we are both not filling the the void that so many others have asked us to fill in generations. See, even in that, I'm a freaking hipster. It's so true. Even yeah. In that, I, I refuse to comply. <laughs> I refuse to be hyperactive. I <laughs> demand to be in a <laughs> Oh my gosh. That's so true. You <laughs> You know, my dad was one of the things that I can always get sad about him not being here is just the fact that he missed the freaking artisanal thing. Mm-hmm. He just missed all the bourbon and everything that people started making. Like, you know, we had to go to we had to go to Taco Bell to get tortillas back in the south. <laughs> Back in my day, you had to go to Taco Bell to get a tortilla. <laughs> oh, my. But they used to have something back in the night. Back in my day, back they had something day. called a, a chili cheese burrito. And I maintain that was the best thing on the Taco Bell menu. And I miss it. Oh, yeah. And I want it back. I've had yeah. that conversation this week. They got rid of seven-layer burritos, too, finally. That was... Yeah. No more Mexican pizzas. but No more Mexican Though it, we make our own. That works yeah. pretty well. Uh, You're such a hipster. Well, <laughs> You're right. Oh, my God. I'm going to hell. I'm going to hell. Hipster hell. Wow. I'm so disappointed because I don't feel like I look like one. Though many people would say that I do. Says the grown-ass man with flaming red hair and a very enviable wardrobe. Oh. But sure, Matt. Oh, I do have suspenders. And I do... I don't know many people more swanky and dapper than you. (laughs) And that is not a bad thing. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Any other D&D news that you've got to share this week before we call it a podcast? We did a really good job of not talking about anything we gathered to talk about today. I'm really proud of us. Yeah, I think that's what this is going to be. Every week I'm going to say, okay, do we have an outline? And then you craft one and then we throw it out. Yep. Bye. But I mean, the good news is that if we keep that up, we will never truly run out of things to talk about. Truth. I mean, it's just, it's the gift that keeps on giving. The party goes on forever. (laughs) <laughs> I say the road goes on forever and the party never ends. There it is. I knew I'd get there. The thing that I want to manifest into the universe is I, I really, I really am looking forward to the possibility of people writing us and talking to us about these things that we're talking about. Yeah. There is nothing better than I, that. I yeah. really cannot wait for that and how it like influences and changes and informs. Yep. And then yeah, I can't I, wait. I'm, I can't wait to have fans. And then I can't wait to have super fans. And then I can't wait for those fans to turn on us. Let's say, oh my god! Remember the time where they were like build an outline and then they would totally blow it off? <laughs> they don't do that anymore. They stick to the outline every single podcast now. They suck. <laughs> they they cure their ADHD. They're too organized now. There's no dysfunction in their executive dysfunction. <laughs> That'll never happen. I don't want it to ever happen. And on that note, until next time. Next week, let's make sure that we roll some dice, because that's one thing we didn't do today. (sighs) Damn it. Oh, damn it. We didn't. (laughs) Hold on, I can do. What'd you roll? I rolled a 14. (gasps) Shut up. Did you? I, too, rolled a 14. All right. That's a good... There it is. There it is. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. And this is really fun for me, Allison. So thanks for... Thanks for talking into a mic with me. Likewise. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>